Keep hop. Keep hopping on this. Damn you! You get hit in the water. Hey, what's up, y'all? And you're listening, listening to, to the breakdown. 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 Here on Cinema. Welcome to The Breakdown on Sin Hip Hop. I'm your host, Carissa, and tonight we'll be discussing the influence of hip hop in film and TV, so stick around. Hip hop has always been a great marriage with film and TV. I think the need for hip hop to coexist in these realms is rooted in the fact that we love a success story and there's no other musical genre uh, demonstrated of this acquisition of material wealth. So I think that's sort of the the allure of hip hop. And as of late, we're seeing the genre a lot more prevalent in the media. How it's evolved is particularly interesting as well. You know, hip hop initially elicited this sort of moral panic in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was unfairly attributed to a lot of gang violence and crime. And then in the early 2000s, there was a shift. You know, we were seeing a different kind of genre of hip-hop with The Fresh Prince, Vanilla Ice, artists who I don't want to say watered down but you know they were fairly innocuous they weren't too political you know they were very sort of safe artists because that was the type of artist that was being embraced by mainstream media at the time and now I look at hip-hop and it's a lot more predominant in media we no longer view it as this monolithic thing hip-hop can exist beyond MTV or BET not that these aren't great platforms as well but I think there's a lot more opportunities for artists and the types of stories they tell. And I think that's due to a lot of artists now, a lot of hip hop artists are working behind the scenes as well. You know, they're the driving force and they have a lot more control in how their stories are being told. You know, today artists are not only backing films about the black experience, but they're creating, they're writing, they're producing, they're starring in some of the most top-rated films and TV shows. I mean, if we look at somebody like Ice Cube, he's a mogul who's launched his own series of films for the post-run DMC generation with Friday and his barbershop films. He was in one of the most successful rap groups of all time, and he completely reinvented himself post NWA and most recently he and Dr. Dre co-produced their own biopic with the 2015 Straight Outta Compton and that film went on to receive commercial and critical success. Another artist, 50 Cent, who co-created and stars in the TV show Power. Common, another artist who's acted as well as had a successful music career. He said this about the evolution of hip-hop in media. People used to be afraid of it or consider it the music of gangsters or thugs, but now it's a part of everything and everyone under the age of 40. Rappers and storytellers, that is a timeless tradition no matter who is watching or listening. But it's some quality hip-hop out there. And I... Uh... I can appreciate the, the aspects of the quality hip hop and, and the freedom that I get out of artists, whether it's Absol or Kendrick Lamar. Their whole team, I think, does unique things. One of my favorite shows right now is Atlanta. I think it would be 
incredibly challenging to find a better show out there at the moment. And I think you really have to credit the genius of Donald Glover. He created and stars in the show. And for those who aren't familiar with the story, it follows Alfred. His stage name is Paperboy, played by Brian Terry Henry, who is a phenomenal actor. And in the show, he's an upcoming artist about to break through and Paperboy's manager, Earn, is played by Donald Glover. And the two have a really funny dynamic while they try to sort of navigate the world of newfound fame. And Atlanta is, it's particularly an interesting show that delves into the genre of hip hop, more specifically how artists are portrayed in the media. And I don't think, without Donald, uh, Donald Glover being successful as Childish Gambino, his alter ego, you wouldn't be able to write a show like this. You know, he really provides this insightful and poignant narrative of what it's like to be an artist right now in the age of social media and the internet and cancel culture. And one episode that's uh, really great um, that I encourage everyone to watch. It's the fifth episode in the first season entitled Nobody Beats the Beebs and it's an episode that takes place at a celebrity basketball game where Paperboy has been invited to play and while he's playing um, lo and behold Justin Bieber shows up. He's also playing in the celebrity basketball game match. Spoiler alert, it's not actually Justin Bieber. Uh, Justin Bieber's played by a great actor called Austin Crew, who is really funny in the role. But as the show progresses, it becomes it becomes very obvious that Justin is a dick to Paperboy. You know, he's trash talking him, he's tripping him up on the on the court to the point where one of the reporters, it's actually caught on camera. And later in the media room, Justin ends up apologizing to everybody and Paperboy, and then he breaks out into song and dance and Paperboy is standing there with a reporter and he says something like and I mind you I'm paraphrasing here but he says something like you know why why do we always forgive the beeps why do we keep forgiving him and the reporter just turned to him and said you know because you you need to play the part of the villain I think they got the wrong idea maybe you can interview me sometime you know the real me listen I want to give you some advice Play your part. People don't want Justin to be the asshole. They want you to be the asshole. You're a rapper. That's your job. And I just thought that was such a great moment in the show and it really just expressed this, you know, the negative connotation that rappers and these artists have. The show has gone on to receive so much critical and commercial success and while researching this show I actually found out that Donald Glover is the first black director to win an Emmy in the comedy category. So, uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Another show that is buzzing right now is Insecure. Insecure's soundtrack, what I love about it is it's really managed to showcase a lot of emerging and established hip-hop artists. A highlight for me in the show is when Vince Staples made an appearance in season four and while watching the show you really get introduced to so many artists that you weren't familiar with before and I think what's really unique about the production of the show is the creator and the show's main star Issa Rae is heavily influenced by hip-hop. You know she writes to listening to a lot of hip-hop artists, she curates a lot of the music on the show as well and I really love how the show has been become this launch pad for so many emerging artists. Since the release of the show, Issa Rae has even started her own record label, Radio with Atlanta Records, in 2019. I know I mentioned Ice Cube a little earlier. Issa Rae's kind of done the reverse Ice Cube. She started writing in TV and film and now she's ventured into music, launching her own labels. So I think it's also cool how people who weren't musicians but they're so heavily influenced by the genre and how they've actually been able to venture 
out and start their own labels. So one last thing I want to mention before wrapping up this episode, there is no way you can discuss the influence of hip hop in film without mentioning Black Panther. I think what made this film such a cultural footprint, I mean, aside from the obvious being incredibly empowering, the first mega budget movie to feature a predominantly black cast and break records at the box office, all those things aside, the film also embraces the concept of Afrofuturism. Now, Afrofuturism is a term that I wasn't entirely familiar with and really got introduced to it through the the film Black Panther, but essentially what it is, is Afrofuturism is a, it's a cultural aesthetic, philosophy of science and philosophy of history that explores the developing intersection of African culture with technology. It portrays black culture to be creative and hopeful that black people will exist in a utopian world. And why Black Panther is so important is because, you know, in a lot of sci-fi films, there are black characters, but they're almost never the protagonist. And according to Neil Drummond in This American Life, he really explains what this concept means and says that Afrofuturism looks at forms of survival, specifically the slave trade and racism and how that's almost a technology in itself. And that reaffirms that black people and culture will always exist in the future. What I like about Afrofuturism is it just seems very, it's like this way of talking about black people in a way that's really hopeful. It's just the idea that we would be engaged in the same kinds of things that, you know, science fiction writers have always talked about, that we would be engaged with technology, that we would have a future in space, that we would, you know, master time travel, that we would have a future in in utopian or dystopian landscapes. So many artists have embraced Afrofuturism in their music as well, Childish Gambino, Janelle Monet, and Kendrick Lamar while creating the Black Panther soundtrack. You know, those themes really inform the music for the film. The director, Ryan Coogler, had expressed to Kendrick Lamar early on that the film was all about exploring what it means to be African. And he felt that, you know, Kendrick's artistic abilities aligned with this goal. So Kendrick really wanted to acknowledge existing African music or scenes in the film, and developing the score, you know, he used a lot of traditional rhythms that were created thousands of years ago that are used in a lot of the large battle sequences in the film. Through the creation of the soundtrack, you can really hear this traditional African rhythm through the drums, the use of the Zulu language, you know, and apart from a lot of well-known artists making an appearance on the album, you've got Vince Staples, The Weeknd, SZA. I think what I love is the album also welcomes a lot of South African artists. The song Redemption features the South African singer Babes Wadomo and Season also features the singer Swavava. So you're introduced to so many different artists through the soundtrack and I think also what I love about it is, you know, there's such a great blend of all these different genres, you know, with the composer Ludwig Goreson. He combined African elements with classical orchestra so effortlessly in the film's score and he and Kendrick really created created such an impressive body of work that's really rooted in these African elements and captures the essence of what Afrofuturism is. (laughs) 
A big, big thank you for tuning in tonight. And just to credit a few of the references we had early on in the episode. So the common interview that you listened to was from Wrap Up TV. We had a scene played from episode five of season one of Atlanta from the episode Nobody Beats the Beebs. And that was Neil Drummond on This American Life podcast, which I highly recommend if you want to know more about Afrofuturism. Breakdown on Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. Finally, a big thank you to Eldrin, our executive producer for the Hip Hop Show, and Sammy, our sound designer. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sin Hip Hop. You've been listening to the Breakdown. I've been your host, Carissa. Have a fabulous evening. <laughs>